Welcome to the old bastard martini lunch. This is a show about advertising and design creatives with an audience of one, me. I'm Peter Morse. This is my show. Thanks for downloading the show. Typically how this works is I'll uh, meet up with a creative professional. We sit down, have a couple of drinks. Inevitably, the uh, stories start pouring out as much as uh, Ryan starts pouring out the booze. Have a pretty good time, record it all, post it online for folks to listen to if you're interested in uh, the fact that you're hearing my voice right now probably is an indicator that yes you must be interested we've got randall myers again for another show randall talks a little bit more about his journey um, how he went from uh, his humble beginnings in the navy to uh, working as a brand manager at cabela's mostly on uh, the digital side so that guy you know he's in charge of all the pixels uh, a lot of pixels out there that need to be managed uh, and he's he's taking care of that sort of stuff so join naveen and randall and Ryan in the back as uh, they share their drinks and their stories and leave me out in the cold. For our listeners out there, if you don't know who Randall Myers is, think of Mr. Clean, if Mr. Clean knew advertising. (laughs) And wore a lot of denim. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's talk about you, you said when you first went to Nelnet, that was the first time you were leading a team. How was the transition of going from someone who was being led and having a creative director to someone who was leading? What's that shift like? What's that mind shift like? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I kind of think the mentality is really the same. You know, I always approached it the same way, whether I was getting feedback from, you know, from someone more senior than I. Um, as opposed to the team. And I've always kind of felt like everybody's an equal contributor to the problem, right? Like, at the end of the day, you have to make the call or the decision when you're in that creative director role or whatever that more senior role looks like. So ultimately, you're bound to the decision, so you have to make sure that it's vetted, that you understand the purpose and how the team arrived at what they did with the direction that you gave, that sort of thing. But I always felt like the communication was really pretty consistent, whether I was part of a team or leading a team and felt like they had an equal share as well. You know, I mean, ultimately the accountability is with that most senior person, but in that case, me at that, at that time for sure. But um, it wasn't really a difficult transition for me at all. I think that there's, inherently there's a time, and I've talked to other, you know, Ryan's, I'm sure heard this lecture and other, other, other folks before as well, but it's always about, I think you, you get to a point where you, you, you enjoy doing the work or you want to lead the work. And at the end, what, when that happens, I think that, that it, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a different mentality. It's a shift in mentality and what you feel like your purpose is within the, I guess, with, what your purpose is within the role as opposed to the execution of it. That makes I don't know if I'm That, that shift is a, is a hard one, too. Mm-hmm. When we've actually talked on the podcast, before with uh, some some other up and coming art directors is like 
and it's one that I'm still not good with. Is like I'm I'm still more comfortable doing the work than leading the work, and it is not an easy transition and one that that anybody should take lightly. Like I, to this day, like I still I still fight to be a part of it, but like my my function it doesn't allow that. Like I have to be focused on all of like this huge mass of things and not in the weeds doing the work and like that's it's hard to get used to and it's hard to want to do if you're not used to it. Mm -hmm. Well you also owe it to the people under you who you have to guide right because you have to not so much hold their hands but you have to you know guide them to get to the right place or find their talent or hone their talent so that's aside the work aside you still have to be some kind of a role model to the people who are with you. Which we all know <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to find the moments, right, where you can allow them to fall down or not be as successful as what you potentially like them to be, right? Because there are moments where, where you have to allow, that has to happen for them to, to really learn from the process. So, you know, I, either they continue to, if they repeat it, that's something that you change, obviously, in the way that you direct it. Um, but ultimately you want them to sort of learn through doing and then at some point they'll have that decision like you're going through and what you've seen, Ryan, and in terms of, yeah, you could do it a lot faster, you absolutely could, there's no question, right? And you know exactly what you're driving towards, but that's not the best role for a mentor or someone that's trying to develop talent, yep. you know, within the team. Because they get there on their own. Yeah, the better that, and the more frequently that that happens, the more you can elevate yourself outside of that and focus on strategy, focus on the business, if that's what your inclination is, and you can focus, like I said, on the strategy of the business, you know, the media strategy, all those other components that are part of creative that creatives don't normally think about as part of the process that inherently are, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think that makes a good creative director or are those the, the different elements that need to come together to make a good creative director where part of it is knowing when to let your people fail and knowing when to guide them and knowing when to be hands off and so what what does that look like? I just, if it's a stupid question we can move I don't on. think it's a stupid <laughs> question. I think it's a really difficult answer, right? Because I think that it's <clears throat> I think it's it's all I don't want to say equal parts, right? So if you're the question again was how do you how do you know when to allow that sort of discovery to happen versus being more prescriptive? Is that right? Well, what are the elements that make a good creative director? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that it's I think that it just depends, right? It depends on the agency. It depends on what they need for you to be in front of the client. Um, I think that it's it's a lot about the team that you've got and what their skills are because I think that what, what we all talk about here or what I, I feel like I talk about within my career span is it's just about communication and being able to adapt the message to the audience whether I'm talking to a junior you know someone that's more junior on my team or someone that's more senior on my team or if I'm talking about a prospective customer or client whatever that looks like it's all communication so I, I think that that to me, inherently, communication is the, this, the, the most important attribute that a strong leader has because if they can't find a way to communicate directly or indirectly to that, you know, again, that designer that needs that feedback and then has challenges accepting what you're telling them because they already feel like it's perfect when you know that it's off strategy, then it's about understanding how to, how to manage that against where you feel like their path is ultimately where you want to guide them to. 
and what the client needs as well because you can't obviously put subpar work in and not that again you can't put that kind of work out there right. as well so it's a balance so it's it's about vision it's about strategy and it's ultimately about communication um so let's talk about after uh, uh that where did you go so I had an opportunity to go work with um, some some former colleagues of mine that I had met early on in my I guess my career when I was at Arch Rival. Um, Shane Yoakum hired me over to to go work at Nebo in Nebraska Book Company. So interesting opportunity in my view. Again, as I'm thinking about education and what that overall experience looked like was all about learning the retail model. So it sort of learned again design, advertising, and in-house you know finance, and then really it was all about learning the retail model, which I had not had any exposure to at the time, so college retail specifically. And you were working on apps too. I remember there was an app you were talking about, and then there was some space you were designing, and... Yeah, that was probably one of the you know most interesting things about that opportunity was really, you know, beyond retail and e-commerce, which were two of the biggest, in my view, opportunities to really go and just learn. Um, and Shane was a, was a great mentor too. I mean, he was just a great big picture thinker and took a lot of the values that we, that we shared when we were at AR and then, you know, took them and applied them into his career path as well when he was there. But, you know, what, what, what better opportunity than in a college retail environment to try to do new things and bring bigger picture thinking and everything else there. So yeah, it was all about, you know, app development and new experiences from an e-commerce perspective, new actual experiences, whether campus-based or whatever that looked like, you know, to, uh, to Nevo and, and then beyond, you know, which is really terrific. So some of that was brick and mortar, you know, so brick and mortar retail, we had to learn about package design, tags, like that sort of a thing, and, you know, merchandising and everything else, which were new worlds, completely new worlds that than, than what I'd obviously been exposed to before. So great new learnings there. Did you have to learn anything about like the layout of the store and how people shop and walk through a store and what makes them stop, what makes them you know, turn around and walk out the door? Yeah, I really tried to get as much insight as I possibly could about the way that, sort of there's behavior in, in, inherent in everything that you do, right? From the, the way that you interpret an ad and act on that, what you've seen or how many touch points it takes you to drive you to an action or a path to purchase from an, a, from an e-commerce perspective, it's this exact same thing. There's a process and a flow to everything that you do as a consumer. And uh, so I try, you know, I obviously like applied some of the same learnings that I had just personally, like what were my natural inclinations, where I'd go right or left in a store, straight to the milk or whatever that, you know, whatever that looks like, right? You, 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 you want to apply those kind of those methodologies to what you do, but you know, obviously, like there's a lot of really smart people that spend their entire career focused on just those things. So try to draw as much, you know, as we could from you know from real experts, not from what I thought at the time, you know, subjectively. About Always that, put the know. t-shirts in the back, so you got to push everybody. That's right. The store <laughs> to get to the t-shirts. And clearance is in the back, so yeah. you have to you go through, through the entire navigate. store. Yeah, you got to navigate everything, you know. So. Um, and then from. Nebo, where did you end up going? So that's where I'm at currently. So I'm the, I, I oversee brand marketing at Cabela's, which is a you know was a Nebraska-based organization. We were recently acquired by um, Bass Pro Shops in Springfield, Missouri, which is um, different and new and exciting all at the same time. Um, 
but uh, so I'm, I'm, I oversee the brand marketing group right now, so responsible for developing brand equity in the U.S. and Canada. We have locations there and in, in, in CA as well, so e-commerce, there's an e-commerce experience that's different from the U.S. one and stores that are different from the U.S. So really responsible for building out uh, the equity of the brand and how that develops and continues and then also responsible for all the product marketing. So we've got a ton of proprietary products or house of, uh, our own house brands, that sort of a thing that I'm responsible for market strategies, things like that for that. And broadcast, which is really a new facet that I've never, I had, I had, had some experience when I was broadcast. I mean, Bayley. I was like, we worked on broadcast. Broadcast, yeah, but hadn't really been um, involved in direction, production, uh-huh. sort of like at the level that I've been exposed to it. Because you're looking at media buying and everything. Yeah, right everything. Now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, what, where that's being aired, trafficked, everything. So it's a, you know, it's a really new experience for me on that side. And then I, I also have all the digital creative. So all the UI and all the content that sits on all the Cabela's web properties and digital marketing, for the most part, is done through my teams at, at Cabela's right now, which is pretty fun. How many teams do you uh, oversee? So I, oh, I oversee three teams today. Okay. Yeah, but I strongly influence, I guess, the photography and video side of things as well, but I don't have stewardship <laughs> over over that. I wish You're I did. Ever a creative. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. But. So, um, that's it. That's a, do you think that's your best audience so far that, or the most interesting audience that, that you're talking to? Because I've met your audience. Mm-hmm. Your audience stayed in my house. Mm-hmm. What? couple of weekends yeah it's a different i mean it's a completely different uh, i'll get back to that <laughs> it's a completely i'll have to go to where you were at <laughs> it's a completely different type of customer than i would say than i've that i've ever had the opportunity to try to interact with that's my world right very much you know so i say that because um my friend who lives in portland her boyfriend they, he's originally from Michigan and he's like outdoorsy guy. He mm-hmm. goes fishing. When they go to Michigan, they'll drive, they'll drive from Portland to Michigan and then they'll drive through and stop by. And um, like the second they get into the driveway, she comes in and she'll, she'll buy a ticket for him to be able to go fishing somewhere oh, around here. Yeah. And, and they have their boat, so they back up yeah. their boat into my driveway. And the only reason that they stop here, aside from us being best friends, <laughs> is um, because he wants to go to Sydney. And he wants to go I'm to... Not a, oh, the Cabela's there. Yeah, the Cabela's yeah. there. That, do you remember when I emailed you and was like, Randall, can you send some coupons to my oh. friend? And, you know, and he is a diehard Cabela's person who... I texted her on Thanksgiving and she's like, we're going fishing. And this was, you know, eight o'clock my time. So, so it was six o'clock her time, you know, they're like mm-hmm. hardcore, totally dedicated to the brand, just wants to be outdoors. That's all he wants to do. Like he wants to work in a fishery. He like, that's it. So that's a very interesting, I mean, it's fairly one-sided because he's fishes. You know, but there are the hunters and like the outdoorsy type. Yeah. So it's a it's an avid audience, and those customers I think of it really like the same way that I would think of someone that is a fan or, or loyal to like a brand like Harley Davidson, right? Like 
you're all in on that brand, yep. and it's 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 absolutely about your lifestyle and every aspect of it. It's the way you talk, the way you move, the way you, I guess, the seasons that you you, know, you hunt or fish in your experience. But it's absolutely that same sort of mentality, yeah. right, man? Yeah, no, I think you, you know, it's just like anything. You have to talk to the, your customer in an authentic way, right? So if we were out there and we're you know, if, if we weren't presenting our content, if we were presenting our content in an inauthentic way, that would do a ton of damage to the brand, right? So authenticity is really critical in the way that we communicate, right? Like, so what, you know, when I talk about brand equity and the things that I do on that side of things, it's really about either instilling or, or being able to communicate directly to that customer, potential customer, the passion of why they do what they do every day. You know, if you, again, it's sort of the Harlem and that, that example is that open road on a bike with the rumble of the engine. Mm -hmm. There's something that's a little romantic to them, you know, to that to that rider. It's the same thing with, the, in my view, for that outdoorsman. If you can connect with them in a place that you know, in a place that they know and they recognize in an authentic way, then obviously they're going to continue to be a fan or favor your brand over another. Right, and it's when you don't have those authentic moments, or you take them for granted, that you start to lose your base. So our, we're really focused on trying to make sure that, again, that we're talking to those customers in, in a really authentic way, reminding them about those opportunities to get outdoors. But really, the challenge, I think, to Ryan's point, is how do you introduce an entirely new generation? to the outdoors where maybe they haven't grown up with that in the home. So how do you talk about what that experience feels like when they're, you know, when they're out on a, on a small stream somewhere fly fishing, what that feels like. So, you know, there's an opportunity to do that through some of the broadcasts I was talking about or advertising, that sort of thing where you can connect to the people that are that are doing it, that are avid about it. Obviously they, they register, they understand what you're talking to them about. The other thing is much more aspirational to try to encourage those those people who haven't had an opportunity or didn't grow up with the sport to be able to go out there. And there's a lot of, you know, there's, you know, you have to, there's, there's some demystification of the processes and things like that inherently as well that, you know, any outdoor company, I'm sure that Ryan, you know, with your work in the outdoors as well, there's a lot of that that you're, that you have to face as well. There's perceptions that you have to overcome there too. Right. right. Like, all right, Randall, as the eternal student, what is next in your course of study? That's a great question. I have no idea how to answer that. <laughs> at least on the mic. <laughs> at, least, at least on the mic right now. I'll give you a second. <laughs> <laughs> my thoughts. <laughs> so yeah, so we, what we have seen from you is every move has been this learning aspect. Mm -hmm. What, what do you think, like, is there an end? Is there an end goal? Or is there a, like, a next thing you want to learn? Like, what, aside from what may or may not happen, what, what is the next thing Randall wants to happen? Well, I mean, that's still, this is difficult questions. One of them asked just a minute ago, right? Like, I, uh, I don't know how to, how to think about what's next or, you know, what opportunities are, in, are still in front of me with where I'm at today. You know, it's difficult to try to, to kind of think through that because you know honestly when I when I was at one with one organization or another it was really never about trying to calculate or think about what that next step was it was when the opportunity was presented to me did it make could I could I make sense of what it meant relative to what I felt like I needed to accomplish so from an education perspective did it 
was it something that I hadn't already learned? Was it something that I felt like would be beneficial down the, you know, down the road or whatever that looked like? So at this point, I feel pretty good about, I guess, the, how connected my experiences have been. The benefit that I've got, I think, at this point is less about the education part of it. Because, and not that I'm suggesting that I've learned everything there is to know. Like, that's not the point at all. It's, I think, who can I learn it really from? I mean, I've had the benefit of working with you guys. Peter is absent today, but, I mean... <laughs> but th there's been a lot of really fantastic people that I've met and had an opportunity to work with that have shaped me every much as the categories that I've been in or the businesses that you know that I've worked for or whatever. So it's really for me. It's at this point, it's about who can I work with? What's the type of project? Is it meaningful inherently? Like what's the value overall? It's less about to me a category of experience or something like that. And it's more about. You know, I guess it, it, it's sort of like that full circle thing back to what we were talking about initially. It's like who you're working with and why are you doing it in the first place. Right. Which is kind of interesting, I guess. Well, anything you want to say to Peter? No, I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity to come <laughs> back and, and talk to you guys and, uh, you know, hopefully I'll have a... Wait, have you listened to the podcast at all? Yeah, I, I listened to... <laughs> to Naveen? For to Naveen, mine, for really? my guidance. Oh. <laughs> God, that's where you went wrong. I haven't listened to the one where you hosted, like the other one where you hosted. Oh, uh, with, uh, that, yeah. All right. All right, thank I, you guys. Yeah, Randall, well, I'm so excited that you were here. Yeah, appreciate the time, guys. Yeah, clinking. Pearl Clink. clinking. So much clinking going on. Uh, well. Well, we did this for you, Peter. Yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy it. Enjoy Okay. It's been fun. It's been so much fun. I'm so glad you got to come here and talk. Old Bastard Martini Lunch. Signing out. Goodbye. Thanks again, Randall. Uh, it was good hearing his voice. Didn't really get to, uh, you know, enjoy the conversation up close and uh, in person. But, you know, maybe next time. Thanks, Naveen and Ryan, for uh, taking the opportunity to... Uh, get the interview. I appreciate that as well. Hey, if you want to know more about Randall, uh, good luck. Uh, he's not a very visible person online. What? Go figure, right? This guy is all about, uh, you know, uh, uh, managing the digital aspects of uh, the Cabela's brand, but God forbid he puts something online for people to see. Maybe it's for the best because I've seen him in a suit and it's unflattering. But yeah, you know, you know Cabela's, right? Go check it out. If you like the show, subscribe on iTunes or uh, rate or review the show. Download past episodes. Uh, there's a lot of good content on there. You can also interact with the show um, via Twitter. We are at Bastard Martini. Or you can visit the website, oldbastardmartinilunch.com. So until next time, have another martini. I know I will, because everyone else is drinking without me.